Welcome back, everybody, and thanks for joining in. My name is Matt Chapkiss, and again, we're going to discuss the subject of the adventure of being a dad through the good and the bad. Uh, we welcome today our third esteemed member of our panel, Jeff Kemp. We've had Bob Record and Ken McClinton talk a little bit about themselves, Jeff. So if you could, just a 30-second description of who is Jeff and how can we find out more about you? Hey, Matt. So Jeff is a, uh, a son of a perfect father. And I'm talking about God, not my dad. Uh, but I did have a great dad. Jack Kemp and Joanne Kemp raised me, gave me a lot of vision, encouragement, hope, love, a little bit too much of a performance mentality because my dad was a uh, NFL quarterback and was a congressman and a great leader. And I've always kind of had some insecurities that I won't measure up to all of that. Um, I'm married to Stacy for 38 years and have raised four sons together with her, all married, having their own kids now. And uh, my journey kind of took me from Dartmouth to the NFL for 11 years, usually as a backup quarterback, got to play for some great teams and coaches and ended up working in fatherhood, marriage, family strengthening for many years. And today I speak to men, train and coach leaders. And this is a passionate topic for me because I'm on a team called the Fatherhood Commission that networks and brings a whole bunch of fathering groups together to help dads find their best pathway to raise their kids. Well, and, and it leads right into the stuff we're talking about here, Jeff. It's really, it's a subject that needs a lot of attention in our country right now. Uh, we've seen, you know, the breakdown of families across this country and fathers have a ton of impact. They can have good impact or bad impact. And it seems like, uh, you know, the disengaged, if, if not the absent fathers, really create what we're calling father wounds. And I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about what these father wounds are in, in, in just how you learned about them. Yeah, well, I think the backdrop you were just speaking of, uh, in America today, there's a significant fatherhood deficit. We know there's a financial deficit. There's a fatherhood deficit. And of course, we know there's a, a pandemic relative to COVID. But there's also a pandemic of the lack of identity, security, love, and nurturing, and even the naming of who are you by fathers. So many people are missing that presence and that positive influence of their dad. You speak of it as a father wound. Sometimes it's a vacuum. Sometimes it's a particular direct wound. Um, sometimes the wound comes from not having your dad at all in your life or from him never approving of you, never saying, I'm proud of you, I love you, uh, no affection. It could come from an alcoholic dad and the anger and the volatility. So father wounds touch almost all of us. And sometimes a degree of that vacuum, I, I wish I got more from my dad, um, it touches a lot of us. But the good news is that there is a perfect father, as I referenced at the beginning. The heavenly father is the one who really gives us our identity, our value, our hope, our forgiveness, our meaning, our purpose. And a dad's most important job is to help point their sons and daughters to that perfect dad, because I can't do it perfectly. But um, just to jump into the, the, the question you asked, how do we face and heal from our father wounds? I think, number one, we have to talk about them with other men perhaps with a counselor or a pastor or a priest. We need to examine it. You know, you can't beat a blitz by avoiding it. You got to go straight into it. And then I think it's important to realize that there's a backstory to your dad's life. 
whether he was absent, whether he divorced and left the family or never married and was gone, uh, whether he was unfaithful, um, alcohol, drugs, PTSD, anger, violence, whatever it was, there's a backstory. And to understand that backstory creates some empathy so that you don't just think your dad was evil on purpose and was wounding you on purpose. So those are some of the starts to that type of healing of those wounds. And ultimately, I think the healing comes from going on a search for your perfect father. Jesus called him Abba Father, uh, the Heavenly Father. Jesus tells the story about the, the prodigal son that went wild and spent all the money and came back, you know, tail between his legs. And the father was standing on the porch, opening his arms, embracing him and gave him, you know, new sandals, new robe, a ring, uh, killed a fatted calf and had a party for him. Let's have a barbecue. My son was lost. He's back. That's a picture of the gracious, loving, unconditionally loving father that we all have. And when you gain that relationship and that healing and forgiveness, you can extend forgiveness to your father. And uh, I think that's central. In a second, I'll tell you a story about a guy that went through this process. But uh, I think it's talking about it with other men, um, facing it directly, and then exploring who is my real father, my heavenly father, and how do I receive his love, his forgiveness, his identity that lets me let my dad off the hook and hopefully reconcile that relationship if he's still alive. All right. Well, take us into this story a little bit then. Help, help illustrate the point for us so we can see a little better. Well, one of my, one of my teammates um, that had a big influence on me, a really close friend, was Steve Largent. He's a Hall of Fame wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, Steve's dad left the family when Steve was in, el in elementary school and his dad wasn't in his life. It created a huge wound. And Steve was one of those pull yourself up by your bootstraps, work hard, you know, play football well, get good grades, uh, earn a scholarship, go to college, go to the NFL, become the best. But there was still this giant hole in his heart from his earthly father. And uh, his dad didn't really connect him until he was in pro football, started to ask for free tickets and stuff, which you can imagine would exacerbate the wound. And Steve's wife played a big role in encouraging Steve to reconcile because he had received a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ back in, I think, high school through Young Life or something. And he'd grown as a man that followed Christ and had the grace and forgiveness of Christ. And his wife said, you know, your dad doesn't have that. You do. You, you could help heal things. And Steve literally reached out to his dad when Steve was in his 30s, I think, and uh, apologized, met with him and apologized for not being the best son. It was like he was apologizing for the 1%, you know, when his dad had caused the 99%. But that humility initiated his father kind of acknowledging and apologizing for not being there in Steve's life. And Steve had continued to be gracious, buying his dad tickets and getting him a hotel room and taking care of things when he didn't really feel like it was appropriate or appreciated. But they, because of Steve's apology for his small part and forgiveness of his dad, realizing that God's love covers that, reconciled, and they were able to finish their life together in decent relationship. And that no longer was kind of a recurring wound and a, a jarring pain in Steve's heart. Um, so that was a great example to me that we can never think that it's too late 
to heal a father-son wound and do whatever's on, you know, in our capacity to extend grace and forgiveness to the other. It may not be that you extend trust to them again, but you are forgiving. And that sets you free. You know, they always said that unforgiveness is like, you know, poison that you drink expecting the other person to die, but it's poisoning you. So Steve knew who his heavenly father was. Uh, his wife helped him work it through. He chose to initiate the humble apology and the forgiveness of his dad and some reconciliation occurred. So that's a good blueprint for anyone whose dad is still alive. And if your dad's not alive, you probably need to process forgiving him in your mind um, and maybe even voicing it to a counselor or another man so that you can be set free from the bitterness of that wound. Boy, and Jeff, you, you set up so many other questions and answers with just a simple little story like that. I, I guess one of the first that jumps out is anyone can have these father wounds. It's not, as Ken McClinton described it, it's a human race problem. It's not even just a man problem. It's, it's a human race problem. Oh, for sure. Women have this challenge just as well. Little boys and little girls are asking questions. Little girls are asking, would I be chosen? Am I cherished? Am I valuable? Am I special? Will someone choose and love me? And a little boy's asking, do I have what it takes? Do I measure up? Am I respectable? Am I a man? And we tend to ask those questions all into our adulthood. And you can find many grown women and grown men who haven't had that question answered in their heart, ideally by their father. But ultimately, as I said, it's, 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 an, it's a question that only God the Father through Jesus Christ and his spirit and his truth and the gospel can answer, which is the good news for so many of us wounded daughters and sons. Um, and for women, boy, the challenge to build healthy relationships when you don't have a good picture of your dad loving and valuing you um, is evident all across our society. And then for men, the same challenge is there, but we're not as talkative or relational. And so we might not even bond or know how to love in the first place, as opposed to chasing after a love that isn't healthy or appropriate, which might happen sometimes in, in a female's case. But either way, boys and girls, men and women, we're children dying to know that our dad loves us. And human dads can do a much better job. And that's what we're all a part of in this podcast. Uh, but the ultimate answer is the healing of the heavenly father and a relationship with him. Well, and you talk about, you know, anybody who's hearing this, this, this message is going to resonate. I, I have a feeling in some way, shape or form. I don't know that everybody's got father wounds, but it's got to be pretty close where they're not unique. Like every, every person's got them, but every person has their own story that adds into them. I think that makes them, um, something that even though we might not share the same wounds, we can share in the fact that we have wounds. I agree. I'm going to draw a picture uh, for us that every one of us wants to know who we are. Okay. That, that's our identity. And we want to know, imagine this, that your heart is looking to know who am I? What's my identity? Okay. And the heavenly father defines a Jesus as his, his son, his beloved son. Well, we are also a son or daughter of the father in heaven. Okay. And an earthly dad is meant to give 
a child a good relational idea of who they are. The other thing we need to know is that we're loved. That's, that's why the Heavenly Father said, this is my beloved son. So he got his identity and his sense of unconditional love there. And then we're all wanting to know, does anyone delight in me, take pleasure in me, approve of me? Okay, so that's pleasure. Does a dad show pleasure and delight? Is he thrilled with his kid? Even when his kid gets C's in school or doesn't make the football team or has acne and doesn't like himself, we need to know that dad takes delight in us. And the heavenly father said to Jesus when he baptized him, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's what I mean by getting that identity from God. If you didn't get it from your earthly dad, you can recover. You can make a comeback because God's the ultimate answer of this. And finally, all of us want to know, do I have a purpose in this world? You know, like, do I have a mission? What's it all about? What's my why? And that could be called place. Jesus was told by his father, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He's the anointed one. Listen to him. That's what he said to him when he was transfigured in front of Peter, James, and John. The anointed one, he's the, he's the savior. He's the mission. He Listen to him. Well, Boy, it's so good to hear your father say to me what my dad said to me. He said, Jeff, you're a Kemp. Be a leader. I believe in you. Make a difference in this world. He said that over and over and over. He kind of gave me that sense of place and purpose and mission. Okay? I, I receive it even better from my heavenly father, who says that I'm an ambassador for him and his love, um, no matter where I go, work, you know, play, recreation, family. But every one of us, to some degree, are lacking these four, because though human dads are meant to help answer those questions, we can't do it perfectly. And many of us, as you and I are speaking of, um, Matt, haven't experienced any of that. In fact, we might have experienced the opposite of it, right? Right. Uh, you're a no good doofus. You'll never measure up. You know, why were you even born? You're no, you're no help to this family. Uh, you'll be a failure. There's a, there's a lot of people that have heard those messages. I was coaching Little League football one time. And when practice ended, all the dads got out of the cars, walked across the parking lot onto the field, patted their son, threw the ball with them, walked off the field with them, maybe put their hand on his shoulder. But one guy just stopped at the parking lot, got out of his car and yelled, hey, doofus, get over here. I knew who he was talking about, and it broke my heart for that little boy. And I reminded our coaches, hey, our job is to double down and love that young man. Let him know he has worth and value. He measures up. He's part of the team. We love him. He's a good man, good player. Whoever that dad, stepdad, whoever that was yelling at him, you're a doofus. There's a backstory in him that probably heard the same negative message, the same wound. And uh, I think we need to be ready to step in when a child doesn't have a dad that knows how to name them and give them their identity and their sense of love and approval and their purpose and mission in life. We need to mentor other guys. We need to help other dads know how to do these things for their kids. And we need to help those dads find the perfect father so they can be set free to write a different script and change some of these fatherless cycles that have, that have occurred. And our society is suffering from it left and right. All the social science points to, you know, school dropouts and criminality and incarceration and girls that are sexually abused and raped and get pregnant um, and guys that are doing those things. 
suicide, depression, most all these things have a link to the lack of father love and the lack of a father in the life of a child. So we got to get ahead of this curve and turn it around. Well, and that's where I want to kind of end up with you here today, Jeff. It, it's a, it's a, clearly a cyclical thing that can be passed down generation to generation. And there are probably people listening or watching right now that are nodding their heads going, man, yeah, what Mr. Kemp's saying is right. I, I feel that. I feel that down inside. And these people got to know that that cycle can be broken. And there there is hope, correct? Oh, there is. I mean, the story of humanity is a story of a perfect father that created a perfect creation and gave him the free choice to either love him or not. And we chose to not love God and we messed it up. And that's where the evil of the world from Hitler to a dad ignoring his child to the sex trafficking trade, to the hatred and racism. That's where all this evil came from, not from God, but God is so good. He sent his only son. There's fatherhood, right? A father sends his son on a mission to rescue all the rest of us. And the perfect son dies on a cross on purpose to pay the penalty for people's rebellion from, from God so we can be reconnected to that heavenly father. That good news brings great hope to every man who's struggling, every woman who's struggling with a father vacuum, a lack, a wound, a serious injury, and the psychological and, and mental health issues that come from it. So God's in the business of turning bad things to good and reconciling those that were separated from him back to himself and even putting sons and fathers together and daughters and fathers together again. That's God's spirit. He talks about in the Bible that he'll turn the hearts of fathers back to their children and hearts of children back to their fathers. That's what pleases God. That's the business he's in. That's what this podcast and this message is all about. So, yeah, the world is broken, man. We're hurting a lot of us. But there's an answer. There's hope. And if you gain that hope and that answer and receive Abba Father's love, uh, you know, through Jesus Christ, that sacrificial son, and you kind of turn the corner and apologize to your son or your daughter, admit where you didn't know what to do and you were clueless because your dad didn't do it well with you, you can rebuild a great future even though the past with your child has been negative, or you can be set free from the pain of your dad, not having done it with you by forgiving him, let go of it. And the only way really, I think to do that fully is by realizing how much the perfect father has forgiven us for uh, rejecting his perfect way and his love. So yeah, the cycle can be turned around, Matt, and those of us who turn the cycle around will bless the next generations. It's available for every single guy, every single woman listening to this podcast. All right. There's work to be done here, Jeff. I appreciate so much your time here today. We're going to get Bob Record and Ken McClutton back together with us, and we're going to dig into this stuff. And I think we're going to make a, a difference for a lot of people because this is a subject that hits home for a lot. So thank you so much for your time today. I'm really looking forward to getting into this with you. Me too. Thanks for uh, focusing on it. Did a good job, man. All right. Appreciate it. We'll be back with another episode coming up soon. Thanks so much, Jeff. Take care.